Hello. Oh, bugger. I forgot. <laughs> I've forgotten the friggin' owner. Okay. What's new? We're listening. Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Kay. And this week we're looking at Season 5, Episode 7, My Fair Frasier, which Frasier's new love affair has him hobnobbing with the big wigs. But is it all about the money? My question this week, Key, is how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, yeah. It's, um, it's great to be back. It's, it's great to have you back. I'm genuinely so nervous. It feels like opening night all over again. Like this is like the first time we did it. The um, first time we did a live episode. You remember that? Yeah. Oh god. I, I remember I had a fly infestation at the same time. Did and it was you? me like swatting flies in the background while trying to record. Oh my god. Um, so yeah, there's like a lot of nerves. It's it genuinely feels like you know when Fraser listens back to his first episode, he's like, I am hearing you. If you can heal, yeah. I do. I got um, it feels like I'm just going to go down that whole tangent and be like that again. Um, but no, it's it's great to be back. It's been, uh, I know that, uh, uh, you know, I don't think it's really been discussed as to why I've been away, but it's been in like an incredibly difficult few months in my personal life. Um, and there's been a lot going on, most of it not particularly positive, but um it's been great to know that the you know the, the community's been there will's been obviously you've been passing on messages you know which have been very very kind um and i really like for the it, what's really sort of um sprung out of me we, we've got a lot of messages when we've done this show about people who've gone through difficult times in the community when we did the live episode i remember people saying how much listening to the podcast had helped us yeah um, and particularly people who, who'd gone through divorce and suddenly on their own after you know a long period of time in a relationship about how much the podcast had helped them and the Frasier community had helped them. Even yeah, even Steve has talked candidly about those things, yeah, on, yeah. on episodes. Um, and so I it feels very much like I can now fully relate to them and fully appreciate like the significance of the community and and just like what a, a big impact I think it can have, how nice it is to know that you've got people out there who are, you know, not necessarily invested, but people who are there who can, you know. Who, give a damn which is very nice um so yeah two two very bad things have happened in the last few months but but i'm going to focus on one of them which is that um my, that my my grandfather you know very sadly passed away a few months ago mm-hmm. um after after being diagnosed with cancer and like really really to be honest i, I mean i don't i don't want to like make this a whole like thing because this is not why people are listening um but um i think really what i just wanted to say was like that just do a little bit of a dedication to him. Like I, he, I guarantee he's never listened to an episode of this podcast. And I, <laughs> I sincerely hope he's not listening to it now because if, if this is the best, like afterlife has to offer. Yeah. Then we're all screwed. Um, we really are. We really are. Um, but no, I, I think one of the things that struck me, I, I was sitting in bed last night, but because we, we spoke yesterday about recording this today and I was sitting in bed thinking, what, how do I announce this comeback? What do I do? um and i was thinking about like what i'd say and all that came to me was like that my granddad was like the least opinionated person i ever met like he was the most placid like a, he had a remarkable propensity for placidity he sounds like my granddad um yeah he is and um, so like unconfrontational it's almost yeah. painful like anything like if my uh if you'd have broken into my granddad's house and stolen the tv 
the most reaction you'd have got is he'd have just turned his head to carry on watching the screen while you took it out the room. <laughs> um, and that would have been it. Um, and clearly we're not, it's not exactly apples falling from the tree because me and you are opinionated enough that oh, we, yeah. we're doing a podcast about a TV show from 20 odd years ago. Oh yeah. Um, but no, I, it made me really think that in an age where everyone has, we're very divisive, I think as a society, you know, whatever side of the divide you are, I think we are a divisive society um you know i i can't remember if the if this was happening when i last recorded but you know we've got war in europe again we've got um arguably you know this country it's confrontational I more, think it's po- more polarized than it's ever been yeah um and what we probably need is a few more people who are like a, a propensity for placidity and, and don't have you know who are willing to get li- on the nuclear button yeah people are happy yeah. just to listen and um and, and not necessarily think that their way is the way and perhaps that's something we all need to take on board a little bit listening a little bit more and, and talking a little bit less um but yeah what i really just wanted to sort of dedicate i, mean, I don't have the authority to do this but uh try and yes, dedicate this episode to my granddad like i you know what and really just to say thank you to him for everything um and to everyone actually it's been a remarkably difficult few months but to my family to my friends um my colleagues who are also my friends um to you will um, and to everyone who's listening who's you know either passed on good wishes or, or anything like that it's been it's been tremendously tremendously kind and it's meant a lot more than, than words can express um so yeah this episode is, is for everyone um and particularly to to my granddad amazing i i would love to to dedicate this to your to your late grand and i'm sure oh, all you. of our all of our listeners are fully behind if you don't have the power to do that okay <laughs> no one does you um, do you have that no, power. No, 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 no i don't all i can say is and i know that i speak on behalf of everyone listening to the episode right now the smile that will have appeared on their faces <laughs> when they heard you say and i'm key is testament to everything i'm, I'm terrified that the audience base is gonna like split into like <laughs> there's gonna be um Steve's going off to join Will and Jace. Is it Will and Jace? <laughs> Will and Jace. Yeah, he's going off to join them. Um, like, do you remember um, Darren Shan with the vampire? I do. Uh, da- yeah, the, uh, well, it's a Darren Shan saga. Um, when, like, the vampires and the vampires split in two. Yeah. I feel like this could be that moment. It's our, our turning, is it turning doors moment? Sliding doors. Sliding, sliding doors, doors moment. moment. Um, well, who do- yeah, who who yeah. knows? I I like to think of Steve as the wonderful Swiss neutrality, just kind of <laughs> the, the, the kind of island in the maelstrom. Um, but there we are. Can I ask you to tuck yep. yourself in to Trivia Corner Key after yes, what has been you about six months of you <laughs> being tucked out? So you are you are back into Trivia Corner. Take a look around. Yeah, you know, re-familiarise yourself. It's, with what, it's how wonderful. Do things, I mean, I can't afford gas and electric anymore, so being tucked in. It's well, so you know, the heating's on all the time here. You know, if anything, <laughs> it's a little too hot. We'll need to speak to Corey and Hamish about turning it down. But I've got some questions for you, Kay. Yeah, let's, let's see how it goes. I've got a question here from from our boy down under, Mr. Hammy Winston. Question yes. one: What does Fraser deny he got without even knowing what it was? Uh, I think he denies it being a booty call. Absolutely. Realizes, oh my god. Have you ever have you ever been a booty call, Kay? (laughs) Not have you ever had one? Have you ever been? I I have been one, yeah. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. Goodness me. (laughs) Good for you, lad. Good for you. Um, question two. When Fraser, Niles, and Martin are theorizing who wears the pants in a relationship, Fraser is literally saved by the bell. 
The bell to what? And what was it signaling? Okay. The bell is the oven timer. Yes, it is. And it's a kind of bread. Yes, it is. But I don't know what bread is. It's a relatively popular herb or herb, as our colonial cousins say. The only herb I know is Herbert. Herbert. Um, Oh, Herb being Homer's brother. Herb. Um, Who voiced Herb again? Is it De Niro? Not De Niro. It's it's the little guy. Joe Pesci. No, no, no. Not Al. No. Maybe it's no, not De Niro. He was in like Taxi or Cars or the Taxi Driver one. He's in um, Sunny in Philadelphia. The little guy. Danny DeVito. I think it's Danny DeVito. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, that's it. Twins. No, but was he, in tw- he was in Twins. Uh, yeah, he Matilda. was in Twins. Yeah. Um, fantastic actor. He is. Yeah. So that's any herb you know. Um, in terms of actual herbs. Wait, 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 wait. Is it also a woman's name? Yes, it is. And is that woman George Clooney's mother? I don't know. <laughs> is it Rosemary Clooney, Brad? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Much of a gone, yes, it is a woman's name. We're looking for parsley bread. <laughs> um, yeah, Rosemary. Well done, Kate. Thank well you. Done. Look at you, man. It's like you've never been away. The title reference is based on My Fair Lady, mm. a film, brackets, which my mother loves just quietly. I'm not sure why she loves it quietly. It quietly? Doesn't she want to love it loudly? Uh, which was made in what year? Oh, God, I've got no idea. It, I'm guessing that it's either going to be 50s or 60s. I would say that you're guessing correctly. Uh, but I've got no idea which one. Okay, I'm going to say 1961. 1964. Yeah, I'm gonna say 64. Oh, so close. Three years out there from the Mr. Lee. Right, trivia from a little Bobby Briscoe, mm-hmm. um, who I'm not actually sure was a trivia master when when you were last no, on. I, I don't recognise the name. So he came, Bobby Briscoe. I can't remember little Bobby Briscoe's real name, which I'm sure he'll forgive me for. He came along to our last live episode, the loveliest of guys, as is everyone in this community, as you know. Little Bobby Briscoe asks, at KACL, when Roz appears upset by the gift that Fraser bought her, what does he say he should have gone with? He should have gone with the shawl. He should have gone with the shawl. Everyone knows the shawl is what we want. Absolutely brilliant. Okay. Oh, my God. This is a phenomenal question from Rachel. Trivia from Little Owler in the Glen. Yeah. Who are the four women Fraser meets at the lawyer's party? And to which of Samantha's colleagues does each belong Oh, oh, oh this is okay. absolutely stunning. I'm not going to get it, but let's see how we go. Because Jennifer. There is. Is she with Ed? No, but there is an Ed. So if you just, okay. if you just if name I give, names, If I give every name I can get. Yeah, so oh, you've got two, you've got two okay. out of eight names. Jennifer, Ed. I think there's a Stuart. There's a Stuart. That's Jennifer's husband. Okay. Is there an, one of them's a weird name. It's like Irving, like Irving Berlin. There's an Irving. He's one... I want to say a Cindy. Is there a Cindy? There's a Cindy. Oh, okay. What else? Um, this is so remarkable. Got, have I got three women and two men so far? I think so. I wouldn't have got any of these. And I watched is the episode a, half an hour ago. Is there a bill? There's not a bill, but oh, you're close. Of, you're close. Bob. 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 I'm thinking oh. of just like really like, I'm going to be honest, white male names because well, in the law firm in the 90s. I that is like... very much the world we're occupying in Frasier <laughs> um, and then a Frasier law episode. Oh, uh, okay. How many more do I, do I need? Two more. You need two women. You've got Stuart, Bob, Ed, Irving, Jennifer, Cindy. Was there a Vanessa? Yes. 
Oh, okay. So one more. Okay, Clue. It's the forename of one of the lead actresses from Desperate Housewives. Okay, you understand what a clue is, right? I'm giving that clue because um, Rachel, who gave this question, has her own podcast, of course. Um, well, seamlessly going into that. Very well done. There we go. Um, that was really well done, actually. It was really well done. Yeah. Um, I feel like Pet Paradise has nothing on you. Like, <laughs> but a shoebox isn't enough. Um, oh, I'm going to say okay. for the last one, I'm going to say Janet. And we're looking for Terry. Terry, but Terry. not Sherry. Looking for Terry, not Sherry. Not Sherry. <laughs> Very good. Um, finally, from this little batch key, trivia from Niall Crane. Mm. In the first scene, what colour is the wrapping paper and bows on the present Fraser Gibbs Ross? question um as we i was gonna say as we all know I, i'm conscious a lot of listeners may not know who i am um i think so. i think we've probably had a couple of listeners join since you were gone but well our downloads aren't doing that great then if you've only had a couple of new listeners mate i don't months. i really couldn't say i think the um, downloads have been pretty even Okay. I mean, I don't know if anyone, if people don't know who I am, I'm Key. Hi, nice to meet you. Um, you were, yeah, the original co-host. One of, one of the few things that you'll find out about me very soon is I'm not good on the audio, on the visual ones. And one um, thing listeners will know is Noel Crane's very good at asking them. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to say blue and white because that seems to me to be a very presenty sort of colour. But it's really I, completely wrong. I agree with you. A bit of a nautical present, perhaps. Yeah. Um, we're looking for gold and black. L- not that nautical. A little more, <laughs> little more elegant. Yeah, less. Yeah, maybe, maybe Titanic. I don't know. Yeah. Um. But there we go. Do you do you have any questions for me, Kay? Um. So I've thrown some together. Oh, look at In this the last look at blue Peter over here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear them. Uh, okay. So question number one. Mm-hmm. What is the name of the shop? I'm going to say the shop woman is what I've written. That's not a word, is it? Shop woman. The cashier, maybe. Um. At the shop. The woman. The shop woman. Oh, God. Let's go full circle. The shop woman, her name. Does it begin with a C? No, it doesn't. No. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I was going to say Carol. Um, this is like the worst game of Hangman, isn't it? Oh, my like, God. Um, oh, I don't know. Um, I think it's Jill. I think she says, it oh, now look Jill. here. Jill. It is Jill. More people For sake. Yeah. Good to have you back, Kay. Okay. Uh, question number two. Yeah. Um... Daphne has a autograph photo of what actress? This comes up in this episode. Yeah, I think so. I think that she says something like, oh, I dated a celebrity once and he got me an autograph photo of. Oh. Very famous. And I'd say very good actress. Oh, my God, man. Can, can I maybe just push you for a little bit more on her filmography? Uh, she was in Harry Potter. Maggie Smith. Um, no, I'm going to be honest, by saying Harry Potter, I've just limited it to like 95% of all British actresses. Amalda so. Staunton? <laughs> no. Um, she, oh, if I say it, I'm going to give it away. Um, think a horror, gothic-y sort of actress. Helena Bonham Carter? Helena Bonham Carter. She really name drops Helena Bonham Carter. I think she does. I think she's riding I did pony. not know Helena Bonham Carter was like big in the 90s, but I mean, I'm, I'm not, that's just I'm, an ignorant comment from me more than anything. I, I think so. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I, um, 
I didn't write the questions when I was doing it. So I wrote the questions very, very shortly before coming on air in which I just flicked through the script. I mean, pick three it, questions. That's a, don't don't misjudge yourself or second yourself because I can't remember the answers because um, if you did well, that, you'd never think you're the, right. The script says Elena Bonham Scarter. So that's that good enough for me. Good. Okay. And the third and final question. Oh, good. Um, who has Sam dated before Frasier? Oh, okay. Kevin Costner. Yes. George Stephanopoulos. Very good. Who also was famous for what other TV show? Friends. Yes. Because um, Monica fancies him. Yeah, drop the towel, George. Drop the towel, George. <laughs> um, Brad Pitt. Yep. And is there another one? I think that's it, actually. I think um, Costner, Stephanopoulos, just rumours. Brad Pitt. Yeah, but I started that one. I love that one. I love yeah. that Really good, really good. Um, um, so you did well there, mate. You got. I'm going to give you two out of four because I think you get a bonus point for the friends. Thanks. So that's. Man. I like to think, do you do you mark your your I was gonna say your children, your students in that way? Uh, yeah, I, I do err uh, on the sort of generous actually. Oh, um, though good. I'm a little forensic with my kind of you know if they're spelling things wrong or grammar's bad, oh. and then that makes a lot of time for me. So I'm trying to get out of that habit. But there okay. we go. Okay. Um, thank you for that, Key. Really, really lovely of you. Um, let's go over to, have we got any questions from MK? I don't think we do actually. I think he might've missed this one because as we know, it, this is his busy time. MK is the Lord of Halloween and will be doing so many things this month that he probably won't have time to do that. So that's absolutely fine. If there are questions somewhere that we've missed, he will simply kill us. That's that, that's it. Um, but he let's... will use our bodies for his Halloween display. <laughs> so it's not going to waste people. Buy one of those giant skeletons that you can buy from Home Home Depot. Um, shall we jump into the review, Key? Yeah, let's do it, mate. Excellent. I really I just apologise because I keep, out of muscle memory, keep going to call you Steve. Uh, so but... I, my brother's called Steve, so I've been getting it for 26 years. Okay, so really it won't, it won't hurt you. Um, I answer to And now whenever Steve steps in, in your absence i'm going to be calling him key it's going to get a real mess <laughs> we're going to lose all consistency um a gift for ross a handbag mm. uh it's it's not the Just purse although i do hate one, it what a fantastic quote one question um mm. animation watch does that still happen oh my god <laughs> that's the first week oh my god that's probably about nine months since i forgot animation watch oh mate but this is amazing can you tell us what it is i think it's um i think they're going to get sued by like clear water rising or whatever it is because i think it's a bad moon rising i think it's a moon coming up oh is it like a crescent moon yeah it is yeah oh man oh i can't believe that yeah love the fact that you've asked that good, i mean it's good to know that it's been a, a slick operation while i've been away. hey <laughs> <laughs> animation watch is sacred okay don't you dare um okay animation watch of the crescent moon yes you, crescent moon arising. and then we have a uh, we have the handbag here which yes. to me Looks awfully lot like a pencil case um, with a strap. It's very small, isn't it? What it's very pencil case esque. It's cylindrical. Yeah, it is. It is very pencil case esque. And I'm starting to wonder if I just got an elastic band and managed to tie it around an old pencil case, could <laughs> I champion? Could I challenge Louis Vuitton? In, I think you could be that's like hot, hot couture or whatever. Yeah. The I don't know how you pronounce um, that French term. Practically, practically speaking, you're not fitting much in that pencil case, are you? I mean, those kinds are like clutch bags and those little bags. We're looking at like your lipstick, uh, maybe a phone, um, just a couple of like, you know, essentials, uh, maybe some kind of, I don't know, 
toiletries in general. I just, I, you're pretty limited on capacity there, aren't you? You shake, you put a hand on your head before I just say something I, disgusting. No, it was just, it was just the pause, and then, and then. Uh... <laughs> Toiletries, maybe. Um, head and shoulders. <laughs> little, little, little bottle of Radox like you get from a hotel or sample. Um, so there's that, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, the little, little small pencil yeah. casey type and it's thing. A, it's a nice bag. Am I? Am I right? Is there a specific? I don't think there is a specific. It's just a, a general thank you for being you. I there's think no occasion. So uh, yeah, maybe it's a bit of a weird, like non-occasion gift. Yeah, but that's the nicest gift of all, isn't it? Like the gift she did, she did something for him work-wise. Did she um, cut some new promos or something? I like think that, that's I think. it. I think um, that's it. Um, uh, yeah, very nice. But there we go. Yeah. So. Do you want? Would you like a clutch bag? I don't you... think I'd have much call for one, really. Um, I'm very much one of those kind of toxic dudes that likes to just shove my p- pockets full of anything they can carry so i will i will walk around with like a kindle paperweight in my jeans pocket no yeah i'm see i'm one of those guys who just i refuse to put things in my pockets because i don't like my pockets feeling cramped so you hold them no no irrespective of the weather i will wear a jacket with an inside pocket oh no which tends to be bigger than see you've got one on um and they tend to be bigger than your jeans pockets mm. so when it, if in the heat wave of 40 degrees it was me like walking around with a leather jacket on because nice. i needed my inside pocket nice <laughs> so yeah i big obviously wear suits all the time now because i'm i'm teaching and yeah oh, big yeah. fan of the the inside blazer pocket there oh, like to wow. pull my phone out check a couple of errands it's you like you've become a man while i've been away like, <laughs> in, my, in my suit you know just adjusting my tie while my I'm boys took my his stabilizers off and he's out in the yeah. real world um oh this line there from fraser he says like a soup of hormones is coursing mm. through your body i think about this line all the time i think a soup of hormones is just really visceral it is um, visceral. and as someone who had soup earlier not not the nicest thing to think about in terms of making the food rise ever upwards to quote slow tango in south seattle um, is it the sort of thing do you reckon it would help you when you're feeling particularly hormonal just just think you know i'm reminded of that i'm a super hormones right now is that does that i think calm me down in a way that would i think that would help me calm me down it would it would ground me I just think. remember that we're just chemical reactions yeah i think yeah. so i mean um, is I just think, I saw a really funny tweet the other day. It's like, isn't it amazing how thousands of years of evolution have led to my body just making me feel a little bit nervous some days for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Yes. <laughs> it's just, it's so true. Like when I'm ever like about to do something or like public speaking or someone's about to call on me to answer something, mm. my heart will just start going like the clappers. And, yeah. you know, it's my job now to, 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 to stand in front of people and teach well, them. It was true. I was at a talk the other day and I was waiting for my turn to speak. And I'm incredibly used to speaking. You know, I've done a, a lot of time on stage, a lot of public talking and things like that and public speaking. And this was a room of 10 people and I was getting nervous. Um, and it, yeah, it's very strange how it works. But It's horrid, I, man. I wish I, I could d- conquer that, but I don't think I'm ever going to ha- not have that. I think you'll always just have moments where you think you're over it. And one of the best things I was ever told about life was in terms of driving, a driving instructor once told me that you think every lesson you're going to get better and better and better. And it's going to be just a, a line going up. But in practice, you always have those off days and it's a bit more zigzagging. You sort of consistently start to go up, but you will have, it, mm. it's, it's uneven. And I think that's probably true of life as well. Like you have good days and you have bad days. And even when you think you're getting better and better, you're still going to have those days and those times where just out of the blue, you feel a super hormones just coursing yeah. through your body. Sometimes things um, are just off, aren't they? Sometimes yeah. things are just off. You're not, on, you're not on your game. Out of curiosity, am I, am I right in thinking that when I was away, everyone was like, wow, they've really got the relevancy. But now... 
More relevant no, to that, people. The, rele- the relevance is gone now. Okay, <laughs> now that you're back, we're back to bad reviews all over the shop. Um, but there we go. Let's see if we can get it back on track over the course of this episode. Ross dating whilst pregnant. Um, yeah. A tough one. It's a um, tricky one. It's surprising to me um, because I don't know. Pregnant women have every much right to date as anyone else, but I imagine it's it's a tough one. It's a hard one, and I'm I'm not surprised she went about it because we know Ros. You know she loves to date, but mm. uh, yeah, it's a hard one, isn't it? I, I I think it's one you probably raise it before the date. You don't just drop it over yeah. the starter. Or well, these days with like dating apps, so much easier because you just have like. I don't know. You can't have a pick of you with the baby. You, you it's just you just tick say have kids, have um, kids. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's probably plenty of apps that actually allow for that. So yeah, they, there is. Um, there's absolutely plenty. So you could absolutely do it quite easily. Um, yeah, but obviously in the nineties, there's really yeah. no when you're way taking to out that someone. newspaper ad. Um, mm. You know, lonely woman seeking man, or I'm lonely pregnant. man seeking woman. Yeah. Um, I'm, as you may be able to tell, I, I never dated in the nineties. Um, no, no, you you were five. I mean, listen, there was a girl in nursery who I really liked, but it just, I, I, she didn't read The Guardian. And um, that's where the ad was. So. <laughs> I, mean, I, I dated in the 90s, but she went, she went to another school. So she went, she went to another nursery. <laughs> but uh, but there we are. So yeah, yeah it, it's a tough one. Um, he yeah. was a wicker furniture manufacturer. In, in um, fairness, he may not have just run out. He may have genuinely had an emergency um with wicker furniture at half who, night who night. needs that doing at 9 30 at night. listen let me tell you when you need wicker furniture you need it now okay oh, the delivery of that line ruins me it's like kids need me <laughs> kids need wicker furniture um oh just yeah Roz is, is pretty pretty stupendous in this um when i say the word stupendous what do you mm-hmm. think of um Stars, constellations, phenomena. A common, what's the common point of media that you and I always reference? Simpsons? Yeah. Where's where's stupendous come up in the Simpsons? I don't know. Am I going to kick myself? I th- I'm fairly certain Don King says it to uh to Mo when he's on about like um or he says stupendous in terms of like getting his his prize, you know, getting the right out. Or Dredrick Tatum says it. Um, I think it might be Tatum. I think he says super stupendous or something like that. Yeah. One I of think them. that's the joke that it's Tatum who can barely string two words together in it, but he's he used to be spoken in stupendous. Stupendous. Yeah. stupendous. All I remember from that is Don King, like, you couldn't even give me three <laughs> lousy <laughs> rounds. Round, mo. But no, three rounds. That's all I ask. <laughs> I don't need your sticking money. And he folds the check <laughs> up and puts it in his pocket. Um, so we now cut to the department store. Frazier trying to get a refund on the bag, but Jill's having none of it. Um, yeah. The way it's like, I thank you when you say gift, not to ita- no, say, say friend, not to italicize it. Yeah. Um, very rarely hear italicize used as a verb in this way. But I'm a big just, fan of it. Actually. It's so good, it isn't it? So yeah. Well. And I mean, I'm surprised that Fraser is almost insulted by the prospect that he's getting it for a wife or girlfriend. I find it quite strange. Yeah, why doesn't he just go along with it? I don't know. I mean, if if it's me and I'm making small talk with a stranger, I will be whatever they want me to be. If it ends the conversation, if quickly. it expedites me getting my money back, she says, "Oh, your wife didn't like it." No, not unfortunately, it. not going to get no. my money. Thanks. No, come on, Jill. <laughs> She's kicked me out, actually, Jill. Okay, so <laughs> quickly, 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 Jill. Time's money. <laughs> Divorce oh. payments are coming, Jill. <laughs> oh, so yeah, Jill. Jill really lets the side down here, yeah. Jill. <laughs> She's a real, she's been a real bad bee, isn't she? Um, and so the lawyer 
steps in. Yes. Um, which which is just inc- incredible that this is the episode you've come back on, <laughs> which is other than love, love, tender, legal care, or whatever it's called, which is amazing in like season eight, I think, eight. Um, yeah. which is which is probably the most lawyer focused episode we'll have. This is this is pretty close. There's a lot of inside secrets coming on this. I mean, it's, this as well, this isn't one that I remember from the title. So when you, yeah. you text me yesterday going, oh, we're doing My Fair Frasier, I was like, that could be anything. That could be anything. <laughs> that could literally be uh, anything. And then I started watching it, and it was this scene when Samantha Beers arrives. I was like, oh, my God, it's this one. This worked perfectly. And um, what's dreadful is that, like, I don't think Samantha Pierce is necessarily a good character in this episode. I pretty much agree. Um, but what's awful is I see a lot of myself in her, which worries mm. me. Um, can you and- see yourself grandstanding in a department store like this? Because I can see you doing this for me. Can you? I, I'd have to be very much annoyed because generally speaking, I'm I'm not contentious enough as an individual to... Um, do you work just, in contentious law yes i am i'm a litigator yes. okay <laughs> okay let's just let's just get that clear <laughs> but we don't call it litigation anymore we i'm an i am a dispute resolution lawyer because oh, all okay. i want to do you're, is you're looking you're yeah, looking at ways to solve exactly the yes not um, call, not open new ones <laughs> yeah but um yeah i but it is very well argued actually and the point she makes is a very valid argument this is the sort of point I would make internally if I'm trying to get a client a discount because I want to get a client discount for some reason. This is the point I would make to a partner. The fact that it's about building relationships yeah. and having that ongoing stream. And, you know, it, it's it's very well reasoned. It's very well argued. And and I do love the whole thing. Like, you know, maybe his purse was the wrong color. Maybe he didn't hold enough things. Okay. Yeah. Um, he definitely didn't hold enough things. Yeah. And what's, what's he going to do? He, he might come back. He might buy scarves and gloves and... And hosiery, you know, he could do anything. <laughs> so um, it's it's very well argued, it's very well reasoned. And you can see why Frasier is impressed with her. Yeah. She is very impressive in this scene. She comes in, she takes control, and she's a bit of like a, a hurricane, I think, in his in his life, just coming she in is. and sweeping him off his feet a little bit. To, to quote Frasier from a different episode, this is a dazzling display of rhetoric. Um, yes. I can't remember when he describes himself using that, but I've, we've definitely seen it, I think, in one of the episodes. But when, when he keeps going, it's, it's, it's not my purse. Like he's, like, he's sort of like touching himself. Like he's like, this is a hugely feminizing episode of yeah. Frasier. And, and you can see, I think, in Kelsey's whole demeanor throughout the episode, those conscious decisions, the what he's doing with his hands all the way through. Yeah. Um, and so often, particularly towards the end of the episode, I think he touches his collar quite a lot and he sort of got his hands up towards his neck and his chest. Definitely. Um, and I think it's, it's very much an obvious conscious decision. But what I like so much is that you don't, I think it's obvious towards the end of the episode that he's making those decisions and he's playing in a more feminine way. But at this stage, I don't think it quite clicks. You don't, you don't have this, it doesn't click until I think it's Niall points out that he takes on the submissive role in the relationship. But actually, before the relationship, right at the start, he's already starting to introduce those mannerisms and you don't yeah. quite appreciate it. You you just think it's an awkward tick or it's a bit of nervousness because there's a crowd watching. Um, so I think it, it's done so well, actually. It's done really well. And I think until we hear the tick of the rosemary bed, uh, rosemary bread in the <laughs> rosemary oven. Rosemary bed. Rosemary bed. <laughs> yeah. Until we hear that ding of it going off, I don't think it's like it's a conscious thing that we're aware of. But then, yes, suddenly it's like, oh, okay. 
one thing I would ask you is obviously in this scene, he sort of asks Sam out. She says, oh, no, I've, I've got plans on, or, or whatever. She, she, in effect, sort of brushes it off. Mm. And then when he starts to say, oh, Sam again, she's very quick to say, okay, I'd love to go to dinner. I was about to flag this. What do you make of this bit? Like, do you yeah, as in what would have happened if he hadn't called her back? Yeah, and do you reckon it's a bit of a power play by her to almost expect him to ask twice? I... I think it must be, or she's a little bit, well, I, she could be a bit insecure, but the joke of this episode is that's what Frasier thinks, and she isn't at all. So maybe that, that theory is all shot to hell. But yeah, maybe it's a power thing. But I, mean, I think in, in any in 99% of scenarios, someone says no, you're never, ever asking them again. Yeah, exactly. You're Unless you're around. like a bit of a freak. Which unfortunately, plenty of men are. That's the thing. If you if you start asking repeatedly, you are a, it is a bit creepy. Okay, mm, yeah. um, it might come from a, a well-meaning place, but the reality is just just take take the loss, take it lying and walk down, away, get, get out of there, um, yeah. take the owl, but, brother. But um, yeah, but it's quite strange because as a power play, it almost doesn't work because she doesn't wait for him to ask a second time. He just mm. says, "Oh, Sam," and she's like, "Yes, I'd love to." So. Yeah, and she seems submissive and weak and powerless in that moment. I don't. Yeah. So it's quite I, a strange dynamic that just doesn't quite sit right for me. I don't know how we're supposed to read it or get a read on her character either, unless it's pure bait and switch to uh, fuel Fraser's theory that she was shy and nervous, and then we see the reveal of her on Larry King. Possibly, yeah. But if so, it's a bit of a ham-fisted way of like, you know, they could have done it in other ways. I don't know. I, I don't know how else they could have done it, but... We're scratching our heads a little bit too much, I think. For, I think for, so. for, for not that no, not that we're doing it incorrectly. More that it shows something doesn't quite work. The yeah. fact that we're doing that. Um, but yeah, she's on Larry King when Fraser's looking very happy with himself, walking around the apartment. You know, like, giddy. It's so good. I do love the smugness of Fraser. Like, who's I'm watching sorry. a football? Do I know who's winning? No, not particularly. No. <laughs> Honestly, the smugness of a Frasier who is close to or about to get laid is just unmatched. Um, also, the confidence. Am I right in thinking it's a first date? That's right. Um, and he's invited her back to his apartment, I think. Is that where they're supposed to be meeting? Or does he I say that? I can't quite recall. Um, they go back so... to his apartment because of her forthright confidence. But Oh, yes, no, you're right. They meet at the restaurant and then go back to it. That's right. But, but he, well, he yeah, is... get to that. Yeah, he's remarkably smug, confident, almost to the point of arrogance that he... Big time. He is, you know, first date, most people generally, there's a little bit of butterflies, a bit of nervousness. I was nervous as hell on my first date with Charles, yeah. Yeah, but Frasier, not all. He's wearing, he's got his self-confident air about him. He has uh, the self-confident air of a man who knows what he wants and he's out to get it. Um, The line from Daphne now, maybe she's had her fill of attractive men and is ready for a change. Yeah, absolutely devastating. (laughs) Um, Honestly, why why she ever thought that was okay to say, let alone to her employer? Um, I I love it when people say something that they think is um, perfectly acceptable. (laughs) Yeah, and it's absolutely not. Mm. My my nan complained to me about my brother drinking too much recently. Yeah. And she called me up and she said, Kieran, you need to have a word with him. He's drinking too much. I was like, how many times has he been out? He's been out twice, but okay, I don't <laughs> think that's a problem. And she's like, no, but you've got to make him see him. You've got to see the error of his ways. Otherwise, he could end up like you. Like, Oh what? my God. That's brutal. What the hell, Nan? Um, so, yeah, so I love the fact, like, just people, when they just say something that is deeply insulting, but mm. there's absolutely no realisation for it whatsoever. Completely. Um, 
And yeah, yeah, love it. But also, how clever is Fraser in this scene by inviting Daphne? Oh yeah, completely gets himself out the hole that he's stuck in. Yeah, and Ra- and, and not Ros. Nars is like at just yes, well, touche or well played, very or, crafty, very crafty. That's yeah. what he says. I mean, it's just yeah, it's so well played. It's just like serve and, and volley. It's uh, mm. it's top notch. But yeah, gets himself out of a of a tight one. Um, in the restaurant now. Um, I wonder where he is. I don't. I don't know if we. Here, could it be La Cigarvalon? Um, possibly. I don't think we're here because obviously we have. I think we've just come from the um the scene because this is just before this. You actually see her a little bit on on Larry King, so talking about yeah, we do Stephanopoulos and and Brad put the great line about yes, but I started that one. Yeah. Um, and I think it's at that stage that um Daphne says for the first time about Helena Bonham Carter. She says about how she she went out with a, a man who'd gone out with all the top British actresses, um, but he, he got sick of the insecurity and all the, the vanity and things like that, and mm. not with her. Um, I wonder who that was. Yeah, I'm very curious, yeah. Maybe Hugh um, Grant? Could be Hugh Grant, you never know. He's very British. Um, but I don't, I don't think that we get a name of a restaurant. Um, mm. But I do love, actually, when you're hanging around with posh people, these things do happen. When they say, like her opening line, with, so Teddy Kennedy, Henry Kissinger, and the Dalai Lama sitting on a plane. Wait, oh, I've heard this one. <laughs> oh, no, this actually happened about a month ago. This already ago. happened. <laughs> <laughs> and I love when you're hanging out with posh people and you realize that these famous names that you've been using for jokes are just their confidants and their, yeah. their mates. Yeah. It's crazy. It's just absolutely nuts, isn't it? She really does kind of, yeah, rub her shoulders with some big, big cheeses. Um, Frasier, could we just go someplace and have sex? Sam asks yeah. now. Um, which Frasier later states is every man's dream. I mean, uh, this uh, the thing is though, is she a bit too subtle here? Does I mean you're having to work out the ulterior meaning? What do you very, mean? I'm, I mean? I'm being facetious. She's very to the point. Oh, okay, you're being sarcastic. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, I mean, she she's a strong, powerful lawyer type. She knows what yeah. she wants, she asks for it. And is Frasier vibing with well, that? Or? Out, out of curiosity, how old do you reckon Samantha Pierce is in this episode? I would have pegged her as maybe a year or two older than Frasier. Okay. Because I had her about 35. Which would make her about five or six years younger than Frasier. Yeah. But okay. I think she's at that age now. She knows exactly what she wants. She doesn't want to mess around and she just goes for it. I mean, I think I've just grossly misread her age. But... I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, let's... Uh, what's the name of the actress? Let's see how old the actress is because... Let, let's then... not do this because I'm going to just offend her deeply. Okay, well, let's see if you've just insulted Lindsay Frost. Uh... <laughs> not Lindsay Frost. <laughs> Lindsay Frost. Lindsay Frost. Uh, so, Lindsay Frost. Panel plan. So, 1962. So, I'm, I think that makes us 35, actually. Oh, my God. 72, think... 82, 92. I think, I, think, I, think it, I think it might make her pretty much bang on what you've just said. See, that's why I told a bit said. Well, um, trust a lawyer to know the age of another lawyer. <laughs> that's all I'll say. That's also, I'll just say. Uh, from her Wikipedia history, she also starred in an episode of Boston Legal in 2006. Now, I am not one generally for watching legal. I've heard that's so good. And legal dramas, but it is excellent. If you are going to watch... That's the James Spader one. It is James Spader and He's William amazing. Shatner star. He's and, so good. Oh, I've never seen James Spader do a bad part in anything. Oh, he's unbelievable. Um, but I would very much um, recommend that. If you've never seen Boston Eagle and you like legal dramas, as someone who doesn't like legal dramas but still likes Boston Eagle, I would very much recommend it. That's a hell yeah. of a... And the fact that you're a lawyer, that's a pretty good recommendation right there. 
what I will say is it's not all accurate at all. No legal drama. <laughs> oh, you <I>, boring <laughs> son of a gun. Um, but yeah, excellent, excellent um, show. There we go. That, that sentence died, didn't it? Don't you hate it when bad things happen to good sentences? <laughs> um, that's, a, that's a funny word, isn't it? Hallway. <laughs> um, back at 1901, Niles arrives very beleaguered after the boat show. Can you tell me why? I think he dined at the snack bar. He dined at the, <laughs> the snack bar. This is such an unbelievable setup for the joke that you think he went on that kind of maelstrom hurricane simulation machine. And he's actually just walking bow-legged because he dined at the snack bar. It's phenomenal physical acting from DHP, isn't it? Um, just, just brilliant. Um, Frazier's in his robe. He's very happy with himself. Do you reckon it's about nine? They say what time it is. Don't I think ten thirty. They say you're home by ten thirty. Ten thirty. Samantha doesn't want to stick around for the night. No, she does not. But, and Fraser doesn't seem bothered. <laughs> Listen, he's just ready for a nap. Now, to be honest, like just call it a night. Go he's tired. <laughs> um, but I find it strange that someone's gone on a hot date with yeah. a very high-profile figure. Yeah. And you get back at half ten and they're in a, a dressing gown. Yeah. I think your automatic reaction would not be, oh, well, I didn't go very well, right? Mm. If they're just hanging around in their dressing gown, I think that you would assume. Yeah, if, 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 my, yeah, if my family came up to my house and I was just lying around in a dressing gown, they're going to be like... What's going on, mate? They're going to be like, Will, are you depressed? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> like, we, we've literally never seen you wear this dressing gown. <laughs> no, um... Yeah, it's I going just, to the country is not on, is it? <laughs> do you know that I love that show? Is that, is that Everyone loves that show. I, I absolutely adore Escape to the Country. It's like one of my favorite shows on t- TV. There we go. Um, I'll, I'll, watch, I'll watch any property program. I really will. But um, yeah, just he's in his robe. He's happy with himself, but they, they assume it's gone badly. But Sam's found her bra. Yes. And uh, she comes in. This is really embarrassing. Fraser's just like, oh, not at all, not at all. Well, not for you, because you're just strutting around in your robe, reeking <laughs> yes. of sex, you know, <laughs> basically <laughs> lording it over the people in your in your apartment. He's only great done. This is perfect for Fraser. Like, this it is, is literally the it? ideal thing. Yeah, and then, like, all of them wanting a debrief after she leaves. <laughs> debrief, no pun intended, because Fraser's yeah. just been debriefed, and they, want de- and they want a debrief on it. Um, um, it's just a bit gross, it is a bit gross, isn't it? Like, yeah, you, you know, I don't want to sit down with my brother, my dad, and her health, and my dad, yeah, and his healthcare worker, and just tell them about the sex of this man. Yeah, and I don't know the fact that he's in his robe. It makes it just so much creepier. Yeah, just you, go and just chuck like, some, chuck a pair of jeans go, on. Listen, mate, go have a shower, get dressed, <laughs> and let's come back in twenty. Right? Um, <laughs> let's regroup. You know, <laughs> when when you smell fine and yeah. everything's fine, and I'm not thinking about what you've just been doing. Um, but I um, do love that he is so smitten by mm. her instantly, and the fact that like she says the cutest thing, like she said that um, murderers often show no remorse for their actions because they have no, they moral, have no center. moral center. <laughs> oh, that's like, so cute. Just cute the way like, she said it. Yeah. Um. Obviously, the way like Niles as well is like, oh, not so fast. You know, I can tell you're smitten with this woman. Yeah. I mean, how can you tell that Niles? He's just had sex. She's just left. I mean, doesn't everyone look like that? Like, everyone has that dewy eyed look. You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a so... chemical thing, Niles. Um. But it's a, it's a funny one, Eddie. You know, it's a, it's a weird comment, but it's funny. Um. Later now, Fraser and Sam are cooking up a storm in the kitchen again. This is where we're really getting it kind of knocked on our head about the whole um phrase has been heavily emasculated or like this is the first time i think it becomes really apparent yeah yeah Yeah. completely 
I'm sorry, I was getting a cup of tea delivered here. Um, I, I, I thought camera. you were giving me a thumbs up for a really good comment. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like that point, mate. That's so patronising. <laughs> the idea of you making a good comment and I'm there silently going, yeah, good one. <laughs> sorry, say what you were just saying again, please. I don't know, mate. I've completely, oh, this, is the first, <laughs> this scene is the um, the first time that he really actually is apparent to me that he's been emasculated and he's quite submissive. Yeah. Um, we, we, we say that within the in the fact that we're kind of acknowledging the stere- the gender roles and stereotypes that this episode is conforming yeah. to. Not we don't think it's emasculating to put an apron on and cook dinner for you yeah, for absolutely. your significant other. I, um, I listen. I'll go out. Any, anyone wants? I make a good chicken and bacon pie. If anyone wants chicken and bacon I'd pie, I love a chicken and bacon yeah. pie. Uh, feel free to come on round. Well, I'll make okay. a chicken. Put and bacon an apron pie. on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make a day of it. Um, but. I think that for me, like the fact that she's the one who, who suggests sex, I, I think she comes across as very bold and and very self-aware, self-confident in, in herself. Mm. But I don't think... Oh, dear me. Sorry, I've just held up to the screen the fact that Villa are losing to a relegation-bound side of the Premier League. And arguably, with all due respect to Nottingham Forest fans out there, I think quite comfortably the weakest team in this division. 100%. Um, so is the that, writing on the wall for Steven Gerrard? Very writing? glad I'm not watching this right now and I'm recording um, this podcast. Oh, there's another notification. And it was just telling me who the goal scorer was. Oh, um, okay. I thought it might be 2 0. Yeah. Um, um yeah, sorry, yes. you and mid you and mid thought there. Um yeah, I think in the in the the, the last scene that the scene we've just come from that that Sam comes across, I think, as very confident and very dominant in a way, but I don't think that makes Frazier in and of itself seem submissive. Yeah, um, I think this is the scene where you really do. He's leaning into it. Sw- yeah, yeah it, it becomes obvious, um, yeah. and they play up to it a lot more. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think I think what we should yeah we should point out what you've said that whilst this is very much done for comedic effect, it is very much just playing on a, a gender stereotype and the the norm, particularly in the nineties of these sitcoms of, of the man being the man, the woman being the woman, and uh, all that sort of thing. Yeah. Whereas, um, yeah, it's. I mean, I'm, I'm nothing wrong with putting on a good apron and, and making some rice. Oh, I regularly put one on when I'm cooking up a stir fry because that oil goes everywhere. Um, <laughs> you know, the, 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 it starts to spit. Um, but I just yeah, ruined my clothes. I, I just ruined my clothes. <laughs> um, there was a point I was going to make. Yeah, I think really this episode, especially at the end when Frazier starts his little tirade about and, and, and Sam rightly calls him out on it saying, oh, do you want to be the big man earning all the money and I'll be the stay at home put upon woman or whatever? I do think for how liberal and sensitive he is, Frazier probably does harbour some of these patriarchal beliefs. I think um, absolutely. And yeah. I, think, I think it's good that we see that because he's not some perfect liberal egalitarian guy who believes in anything and everything. You know, he's got his beliefs and he's got some, you know, he's only human and I don't mm. think he's wrong and we should hate him. I just think, you know, I think maybe he doesn't love being emasculated in this way. And I think, you know, that's fair enough. I think what it is as well, I think the fact that he's, I think I'm right in saying at this stage, it's been a while since he's been in a long-term relationship. Rather, the tree was still up. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, And I think when you're in a a high-profile job or a high-powered job, and whilst I wouldn't necessarily say, I mean, Listen, Frazier's job is nowhere near as stressful as, say, Sam's job in this episode. No, but no. it is a high-profile job, and it's one where he needs a lot of personality and, and all that side of things. Yeah. 
Um, I think you do get sucked into that sort of macho culture and that you, you end up playing a persona and that persona, I think, starts to, to dominate you in a way because that's your work persona. That's what you need to be to get the audience in, get the listeners in. Mm-hmm. And then when you spend so long on your own, I think that, that can sort of overtake you. And it's actually only by being in that relationship and being around someone that you actually start to soften up and you, um, you realise that actually you're more than just a stereotype and you realise actually you need the balance of each of you taking on different roles in the relationship and things like that. So I think for me, that's what Frasier's missing. Frasier is all the signals um, of a man who is not used to being in a relationship in this episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he throws himself into it, but then he questions his own identity because he loses himself for this other person and what he wants them to be. And it goes against his norm of what he thinks he is in terms of his masculine persona. Um, And I think it's just, it's really interesting how it plays out throughout the episode. Absolutely. I think that's fantastically well put. Um, kind of moving to the next scene is mm. the lawyer party. How boring are these lawyer parties? As Sam attests, key because you've been to many in your time. <laughs> you know, tell us what's it like on the other side of the of the velvet curtain. It's it's actually quite interesting. You get some lawyer parties which are remarkably dull. Is there as much cocaine as I'm imagining? So I'm imagining there probably is. <laughs> There's you, not anymore. You, you, um, I mean, you're not allowed to say either way, but you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna speculate. To I can go on the record and say I've never seen cocaine at a lawyer's party. Wow. Yes. I mean, is that because they're doing it behind your back? Or? I think I'm not seeing you enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, cards on the table. Never seen. Or, That's surprising, or but good. Any word. Um, it's nice to hear. I, I don't know if that if it was different in the 80s and 90s. I suspect it was a very different culture back then. Mm. Um, and yeah. you hear... I'm deciding what I can and can't say. Um, I, I think there's a very... I think it was possibly a very different culture back then. And I mm. think the, the presence of personalities in law... Uh, I think probably in the 80s and 90s, it was a very alpha male, macho profession. Yeah. And I think almost that's possibly why Sam is the way she is in this episode, because she's almost had to assimilate to fit in to get Absolutely, where she's got to. yeah. We forget um, the time this is taking place. But what I would say is, you know, if there's any, if there's any young girls listening to this podcast now, law is very different and you mm. can absolutely want a fantastic career or go right to the top and you don't need to be, you know. A dick swinging yeah you don't need to be an alpha personality to to do it yeah um but what i do find interesting is the idea of a lawyer's party where you bring your partners because i had this conversation with my colleagues the other day about whether we we should do a team party where everyone brings a partner Mm. Uh, and the general consensus is that it would be a dreadful idea because all the lawyers would stand in one side of the room talking to be like a school disco a little bit yeah and all the partners would uh, just be on their own in the other corner and not speak to each other that's so, so depressing don't do lawyers not like to socialize outside of their ranks well i just i don't know i think it would just be a bit weird i don't think anyone know what to say about and you would mm. naturally fall into those circles because um all the colleagues would all know each other so well and have all these inside jokes whereas the partners will only know their partner um one thing i will say is in law it gets remarkably complicated because your boss is the partner mm. um and then your partner is your partner and that is remarkably complicated for everyone involved because of the word partner being overused partner 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 exactly. howdy partner you gave um, me a signal i'm not sure what the signal meant it's one all oh oh good man good man uh, so that was the signal that i'm afraid was very badly given to you um i'm just about to try and find out who it was um so frazier's left alone with the law wives um they're kind of like descending on him like he's a he's a 
you know, a the, carcass on the serengeti. A fresh piece of meat to join. A fresh uh, piece of meat, okay. and they're, yes. they're very, they're giving very the desperate Real Housewives of Seattle kind of thing here. Uh, Ashley Young was the goal scorer. Um, oh wow! Okay, but uh, it might have been a free kick. Who knows? First but, goal in a long time for Ashley Young. I think. Mm, there you go. So uh, sorry, listeners, you're going to have to suffer through a kind of dual commentary because Key and I are basically not watching our football team on television in favour of making this episode because it's been so long since we've friggin' spoken to each other and recorded an episode. And this is more important, but there you go. Um, Fraser's now out on the balcony with Sam. He's feeling a little bit insecure. We have that great line, you know, traditionally that is, well, every man's dream. Okay, bad example <laughs> about the fact she was so forthright for sex. Um, Sam is very cold to him on the balcony and I kind of kind of like him, I kind of like her telling him where to shove it, to be honest. Do um, you? I, I a little bit because what what do you think of her uh, explanation in a way because she's very much of the view that um, you know she gets her secretaries to buy to buy nice things for him because she doesn't have the time and Actually, yeah I don't I don't like that I and think... that's how she you know just makes up for the lack of time basically she's valuing the monetary worth over actually spending time with him. And Fraser's very quick to put the Cartier watch on and all is forgiven, although it's yes. veiled in the fact that he's like, you know, this is what you're trying to say, and then he plants one on her. Not entirely sold that he is doing this for the right reasons, which the next episode is essentially a two-parter, very clearly. Yeah. You know, and why, what I will say is, uh, one other thing I love, if you're ever getting into this trap of uh, just buying very romantic presents because you're working long hours and you feel guilty, yeah. is a story that it's absolutely, I'm sure, nonsense, because I feel like it's one of those stories that people put on LinkedIn every week. Um, and most like most things on LinkedIn is absolute fantasy. Oh, LinkedIn um, is a terrible website. <laughs> but it's about a little kid, like, and he keeps, his dad's very high profile, works long hours, has a very well-paying job, and he keeps asking his dad for money, and his dad doesn't have time to spend with him, so he just gives him the money. Um, and after so often, he goes into his kid's room, and his kid has just accumulated all his money, not spent on anything. And he hits the roof. So I mean, give me all this money. What, what the hell have you, you know, you've just been keeping it. You didn't need it for anything. Why are you be taking the money? And he gives his dad the money and says, I was trying to buy some of your time. Um, nah, so I know, like, yeah, you're right. And like, that's, like, I mean, that's definitely just like an af, you know. Uh, oh, it's absolute fantasy. <laughs> but it's, 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 it illustrates a good point. It does illustrate a very good point of, um, yeah, maybe, maybe spend less money on romantic presents and a bit more time with the person. Yeah. Exactly, um, exactly. But, um, time is literally priceless. And if yes. everyone could and, you know, had the option to, they would buy back their time. I, I always think this is like a thought experiment. If you could buy time, mm. say you could, I don't know, say you were 60, how much would it feasibly cost to go back to being 20 again, if you could? And then I suppose you'd have to, you'd have to work out the average salary, mm. all of them payments that they had to make, mortgage, everything else times that by the number of 40 years um and then you get into the kind of legal ethics the moral ethics of you know can you put a price on life etc i think it's just an interesting thought experiment because it ended up being like so much money but people would people would pay it yeah i think so. i think you speak to people in their 60s and they just say i wish i could go back and do it again with the knowledge of what i have now the wisdom how i see the world and you realize i think as you get older that you make the most of it. You know, it's not about the money. It's not about the career or anything like that. It's about just the people, the relationships you have um, and just enjoying life and, and living it. Um, 
which as a lawyer, I'm being incredibly hypocritical right now. But <laughs> um, yeah, it's very true. I think most people would buy it back. Would you reckon you get in this sort of cycle though, that you just, you work relentless hours to have enough money that when you're 60, you can buy back 30 years and you end up just stuck in a loop? I think so. And I think yeah. if people could afford to do that, why would you ever not do that? Because it's the only way to stave off the inevitable of inevitability of death. Um, You're a cherry guy, mate. <laughs> so there you go. Um, someone asked me to, I told someone, I told a friend of mine that I was going back to this podcast and they said, I don't really get it. So you just talk about an episode of TV show. We go off on a lot of tangents. Um, we talk about they, death. And they said, yeah, what are the tangents? Well, the inevitability of death. Maybe. <laughs> um, I mean, I, yeah, we talk about everything on this thing. Um, Fraser's delivery of, well, I think whining is a little strong, is, uh, is excellent. Um, another gift from Sam. She tries to play this one off as like, oh, this gift's different to the other gifts. You know, oh, silly old me, thought I could buy my way out. But really, it's exactly the same. And Fraser just takes this one hook, line and sinker. And it's That's a Cartier it. watch. I know that Fraser shouldn't take it, but I love his reaction. I do think it's hilarious. Yeah. And particularly the way he goes up to all the other wives and girlfriends He's like, ooh, time? Well, let's just take a look, shall no, we? No, sa- Sam bought it for me. You like, <laughs> hear him, like, honestly. Um, that was, that's literally my last bullet point is, you know, Frasier with the law wives, as I've called them. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a funny one because he's just clearly just, yeah, leaning into his submissive role again. And we're going to obviously see that come to a head in the, in the next episode. But top 10, okay. It, it's not in my top 10. It's a really good episode. Um, and it's a really nice one to come back to, actually. I think that... Um, it seems fitting it, in a really it, bizarre way with the does, lore it, overtures. It resonates with me. I think you do. I think, you know, as much as we don't... I don't like Sam in this episode. You do, as a... When you, you get sucked into that vibe, and you, I do see bits of myself in her, which is probably not a good thing. But um, oh, it's... It's, yeah. it's, um, it's a really... It was a good one, actually, to come back to, I think. I was... Uh, Pleasant, pleasantly surprised but it's not in my top 10 it's it's a good episode but i just don't think it quite has enough to propel it into the upper ranks really i don't think it, it's not necessarily deep enough but at the same time it's not really a laugh out loud joke mm. a minute episode i think it, it's fine but i'd probably class it as more of a filler than, than a classic yeah i completely agree um historically speaking i thought i really liked this episode and actually if anything, I maybe thought it was a little bit weaker than perhaps I thought um, kind of revisiting it. I don't know why. I think Frasier's really good in it. I think Kelsey does a great performance. I just think that I think maybe the character of Sam falls a little flat. Um, she's quite a wooden actor. Um, yeah, I think and I that's think part that of she, her profession, though. It's strange because she is so powerful in that first yeah. scene and she's so like intellectually phenomenal like she really sort of takes the balls by horns and 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 grabs that scene the first scene and after that she's almost reduced to just like any out like any alpha male jock who just wants to get sex i think um and i think actually they lose something about the character i think that she could actually if you'd have played this right she could have been a character in it for me not a long term i don't think but i think you could have done five or six episodes where actually you explore this power play over a much longer period of time, let the submissiveness become more subtle and really explore how does character come, how does Frasier come to terms with someone who is his intellectual equal, uh, you know, if not more. If, if and, and financial celebrity superior. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that would actually be really nice to have seen that played out over a little bit of a longer period of time. 
Um, but no, I think I think they do the character a bit of a disservice, to be honest. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Completely agree. On that note, who have you gone for actor pick? Okay. I think there's only really one person you can give it to. And I think it's got to be Kelsey. I think it has got to be. Yeah. Is, it's almost the Fraser Crane show in this episode. No one else really gets a look in. Um, there's a few bits and bobs for, for Sam, and she is a recurring character. If we're still holding to those rules, I don't know if they've changed while I've been away, but she, um, no, she is a recurring. She's yeah, in the next she, step. In the next step, but um, and I think she may be in a later one as well when he goes to his his past lovers. Probably, I think she is in Don Juan in Hell. Yeah, um, but. I don't. I don't think that. I. I think if she'd have carried on that that vibe and that presence from the first scene, she'd have been in with a shout. But I think without, she does. I think fade. She fades quite badly for me. Yeah. Um. So I think with with that in mind, it's got got to be Kelsey. Excellent. Excellent. Um. Am I completely being a dreamer here in hoping you still have paperwork somewhere with our actor picks up? Um. So what I'll the way to do it will be the end of um or the. If I got to the halfway point of season four, which I may have done, then I would have announced at a halfway point of season four where I'd gotten to. So I should go back, listen to that, and then work it through. And we'll just have to work out how we do the bit when I was away because you'll just have to kind of you don't have to rewatch the episodes. A lot of them you'll probably know. Um if you yeah, want to rewatch them. I think I've got to rewatch them. I think I think I mean I'd like that. I'm not telling you to do that because that's just creating work for you to do. But between now and the end of this season, when we do the live episode, um, okay. You know, and, and presumably it'll be you and I and, you know, Steve guest appearing as well and having Hammy and, and Corey and the gang on. And, um, yeah, if you want to kind of get those figures in line, however you choose to, because um, obviously it'd be nice when we get to the end of the sh- of the show to have definitive figures, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, and I know we, we spoke about it before coming on. Obviously, really, it's, it's I've been away, I think, for a season, really. Half a season four, half a season five. Yeah. Um, and it's probably just working out some way because obviously there would have been a top 10, certainly at least one top 10 pick in that time. Yeah. Which you um, don't have to reveal now if you want and, to save for a bonus app. Yeah. I think we just have to work out how we go about that, whether we do a bonus app, whether nobody cares and we just move on. Um, and, I think, I think people care. Case. And for the, and for statistical consistency's sake, I care and would love to have your <laughs> stats on the record because. That's just how it. That's just how it be. Kieran, how did you get back on your own podcast? Uh, well, the statistical consistency. <laughs> they needed me for you. So. We needed him back. Yeah. Um, Kennedy Burling, a man on the ground. Oh, Kennedy, name, I missed, missed a Kennedy. name you've not heard in very, very long time. Does he own a Cartier watch, and was it bought for him by his loyal wife? Um, let me tell you, Kennedy. One, he owns two Cartier watches, one mm. on each, one in each hand. He, but he's unorthodox. Odd, odd minutes, he looks at the left. Uh, even minutes, looks at the right. And his internal clock, he knows when to look. It's thus it's, removing the need to have watches at all. Exactly. It's but, purely a style aesthetic. It's purely, you know? yeah. It's purely for the show. Um, I also feel like he's doing some dodgy manufacturing of Cartier watches on the side. I'm not. I, I think I've heard this. Yeah, um, I think he calls he's, them Carter watches. Yes, he's um, cornering the the black market with Carter watches. He is. He is. So if you um, do, if you if you are missing an eye on your Cartier watch, do do return it to Kennedy yeah. at that shipping container on the wharf and where you he bought will, it from. He will get a knife and he'll just scratch a little eye into it and send it right back to you. So. Yeah, he, he will do that. He's done that to me before, and he was the best man at my wedding. So what does that <laughs> tell you? Um, who's crying? Is it anyway, Key? Yes. The line for you this week is very well put. Who says very well put in this episode? Oh, 
That is a good question. My it's, first. Uh... A little, a little easier than perhaps previous weeks because I normally just give you a really hard cryptic word. I've certainly been doing that for Steve. Oh, um, so you say that, but I'm very out of practice. And... You are out of practice, you massive, massive, yeah, novice at this. Um, I am a novice. I, <laughs> you're not, am... you're not at all. You're a natural. I am struggling. My my first thought is that it's either going to be uh, Fraser or Sam because I feel like they're the two natural. What can I, can you remind me of the, the rules for this? So is it, is it anyone in the episode? Is it a absolutely anyone in the episode that has a spoken line? Okay. Um, it I, can be anyone. See, I, I feel like very well put. It could be Frasier as part of his submissive character is, is submissive. You, say, like, you feel like he's acquiescing to an opinion. Yeah. You know, very well put. Yeah, and he's, he's sort of just, just giving in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have no idea, but I'm, I'm going to say it is Frasier to Sam saying very well put, and it's an acquiescence. You're so close. Oh, it's Sam to Frasier, is it? At the very end, Sam says it's to Frasier after they kiss and then before they kiss again. Very well put. Oh. In certain when he's like, is this, is this what you're trying to say? Oh. There we go. Key, would you like to go over to listener mail? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Raz, who's our next caller? Okay, listener mail this week. Lovely to hear from so many of you. Obviously, when you wrote in, you probably didn't realise Key would be reading it out. And if you, had you known that, you might have written a little yeah. message for our uh, our original co-host. What were you going to say then, Key? I was going to say if they'd known that, they probably would have slagged me off less. So. <laughs> <laughs> they would have, uh, yeah, left an even worse review on iTunes, yeah. right? Your, your direct relevancy. Uh, opening is our boy Corey, who says, We do deserve a We're Listening Day after this episode. I think all the keys of all the cities should be sent in to We're Listening HQ. Shits Creek, Steve, yes, you need to get through the first few episodes. We need to see why they're terrible people so you can appreciate the heartwarming journey that they eventually go through. When the show starts, they're at rock bottom and they want you to be glad that you're down there for them. Have you watched Shits Creek, Key? No, I, I mean, I don't know what Steve said, but judging from the context of this comment, I suspect I'm in a similar boat to him. I've seen the first like episode or so and wasn't enamoured with it. And didn't I've it got very little inclination to watch it. Yeah, but I do um, know a lot of people who really rave about it. So same. It be, but I feel the same people do about Parks and Recreation, and that's another show I've really never gotten into. I like bits of Parks and Rec and other bits really don't like at all, whereas mm. I feel like The Office is much more well-rounded and consistent um, but Charles loves Parks and Rec, so we kind of like, you know, I can't really slag it off too much because she gets annoyed. But like, I don't love Nick Offerman's character, you know, like Ron Swanson, the masculine right. mustache yes. breakout character. Um, but but I love Ben and Leslie, um, Adam Scott and, and Amy Poehler. So mm. yeah, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. Shit, I'm very cynical, but Shit's Creek, when it was big. There was basically a gif of, of nearly every scene in that show with like the official logo on and people would be using them on Twitter as like reaction gifts to things. So the marketing team behind that show yeah, put a lot of time into yeah. gifting the show so it was easily kind of transmissible online. And I just got a little bit cynical about it and the, the whole show felt like a big kind of marketing thing to me. Mm. I'm being really unfair because a lot of people listening will be big fans of it, but that's just my kind of takeaway. And having never seen any of it, so I therefore have no authority to talk about it. And, you know, people should rightfully beat me to death with a stick. Um, Ray, the lost scripts, which of course refers to my much ballyhooed um, and unwritten 
series of Frasier, season of Frasier, of, uh, of scripts that I plan to write, one of one episode of which is written, Wine Country, spelt W-H-I-N-E. And the second episode, which we had the idea for, was the Antiques Road Trip, which I started writing many moons ago. Corey says, I've done those accents at King's College Theatre in the finest city improv stage. Seriously, sign me up for anything. Writing help, creative writing degree and all. Acting or just plain old listening. Trivia and fun bits of my fair Frasier to come, which sadly they never did. Um, Corey would be amazing to, to have in, in that capacity. But yeah, the idea is to write these scripts and then have like a table read on Zoom. I think okay. that would just be so fun. Um, I think it would be, yeah. I mean, it's it's a lot of arrogance and hubris on my part to presume people would want to take part in in Frasier episodes in quote marks that I've written. But Did anything ever come of the doing a live episode of Ham Radio? No, sadly. Um, at the time, everyone was very busy, and we just me and Steve just put out a normal app. Um, but at some point. I think we'll do that. Um, I think we'll get a table read thing going on just because I think that'd be that'd be a missed opportunity. Even if even if we have to wait till we finished the show. Um, but I, I kind of like the idea of having the final review mm. as the final ever ep. And I don't yeah. want to then do loads of bonuses and keep adding bonuses that kind of devalues the fact that that was the what, conclusion. What happens after the final review? Are we are we back to doing another show or is that I want to do another show yeah. with you? Um, and I think we know, both know which show it's going to be. Yeah, I think we do. I think we do. So there we go. Um, yeah, okay. over to you. Yeah, next up, I think we've got KM Saxon, who I don't think I recognise. Possibly came in while I was away. So hello. No, I, K- KM's, I, I thought KM Saxon was around when you were around, but I don't. In don't which case, quote, delete delete that yeah, comment. Don't quote um, me on that. KM Saxon's been around for a while, but obviously you have been gone for a while, a season, as you say. So yeah. it's very likely that you that they weren't around when you were there. Well, I think we should delete it just in case I've uh, insulted them. No, no, no. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not deleting it. Oh, <laughs> Own <God>. it. <laughs> well, if you, listen, if we've not met before, then um, hello, KM Saxon. I'm Keith. You won't know who I am. <laughs> uh, and if we have, then it's great to see you again. I'm, I'm just dreadful with names. Faces, though. Wonderful with faces. Wonderful with faces. Um, so yeah, KM Sexton says, a few comments on points from this podcast. Um, I agree that tea with milk is the only way to go. Who is this? Who is suggesting that, that there's another I, way to go? Exactly. I mean, I don't know the context of this at all, but I completely agree. If you're having a black coffee, black tea, it's a mistake, people. Don't do yeah. it. Um, just I don't the... agree about black coffee, I'm afraid. Oh, dear. But black tea may as well not exist. Listen. That's black listen. tea's vegetable soup. But to be clear, are you putting the milk in first? Or are you putting the milk in last? As in, I put the tea bag in, I yeah. put the hot water in, I yeah. brew it, I yeah. take the tea bag out, and yeah. then I put the milk in. Okay, so that's that's all right. We can still be friends. Thank God that you agree. Uh, but I'm not particularly precious on tea, I should say. I, I drink tea to be social and polite, but I'm not a huge tea drinker. Mm. Um. Back to KM Saxon. Uh, in terms of public transportation, it is pretty different from city to city. I would probably say that New York City and Chicago's are the most efficient and spans the biggest areas in terms of their respective cities and suburbs. We have one in Boston that's okay, um, although it's having its difficulties these days. There are other mostly smaller cities which have little or no public transportation. I moved to the Detroit area from New York when I was in eighth grade, and they were all excited about a small monorail system that, that just built that they called the People Mover, which basically had around 10 stops in a very small radius of the city. They were never that interesting public transportation since they had all the automakers out there. Um, I have moved out to Boston now, so I'm not in Detroit that often, but I think that there is a light rail system that runs up and down one of the city's main drags. 
Um, all I'm getting from that is just hearing, is, is seeing the Simpsons episode of the monorail going around. Monorail! Um, monorail! And like, yeah, Batman's a scientist? Uh, yeah, all I'm, all I'm getting. God bless you, boys. That's where I scream, man. I know. That's a different episode, but I saw it recently. Um, yep, yeah, thank you, Game Saxon. Cam Winston says, lad, Steve, please persist with shit. Another person trying to get Steve to listen to uh, to watch Shits Creek. If for anything, it's worth it just for the unbelievable acting skills of Catherine O'Hara, who plays the mother Moira. Pure laughter and delight. Catherine O'Hara was the mom in Home Alone, but I th- um oh, really? I, but I, I'm not sure if that was Home Alone one and two or the Home Alone that I've's Home Alone three, which I'm a big fan of that people love to slag off. I thought no one had ever seen Home Alone three. No, she is the mom in Home Alone 1 and 2. No, Home Home Alone 3 is... I can't explain it, but it kind of exists culturally to just just get attacked by people that, like, it's only 1 and 2 original. I Obviously, I'm biased because I grew up with 3 and watched it a lot, and it makes me nostalgic, but it's genuinely seriously underrated. And Roger Ebert, the film critic, said it was miles better than 1 and 2. Is Macaulay Culkin in 3? No. Doesn't sound like the original. And Ebert, Ebert said shit <laughs> all Ebert? over. So we'll get Ebert on the show then, mate. Are, he's, he's no longer with us. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but he said it was it shits all over one and two. And if Ebert, if, it, if it's still... good enough for Rog, it's good enough for for I don't know Dodge. I, I, that is one thing we should <laughs> announce. I don't know if you've announced on the show, but since I've been away, Roger Federer has announced his retirement. Oh, of course. And I was I, I was weeping. I'd just like to give a shout out to Rog and say thank you for all the many wonderful hours of tennis that we've enjoyed. And I, I hope him all the I wish him all the very best in his retirement. I do too. Here, here. And I bet he's listening as well. Sure, he's a fan. Uh, anyway, for this round of listener mail, Cam Winston goes on. I thought I would dabble up my watercolours. No, no, I won't. But I have a poem for your English ears to listen to. <clears throat> Clearing throat. There once was a brummy named Will who with his threatened key thought Frasier, what a thrill. No, thought Frasier a thrill. <laughs> I can make oh, it right now. <laughs> Um, a podcast they thought, let's toast over pause. It will be all about Frasier, Nas, others, and Gil. It started off rough with the quality of mics, but rows of new equipment improving out of sight. There was trivia games, analysis, and mail. With time, this gig would hit a new height. With Hammy and Corey and their Trivia Master crew ensured there was banter with a question or two. Steve joined in the fun. He was keen to co-host. This just added to the class to hear his point of view. The listener base grew fast. It grew loud and it grew vast from Ireland to Sweden and all countries of class. We are now in season five with no sign of stopping. Shall I listen to another podcast? Nah, that's a hard pass. I effing love you guys. Unbelievable. Phenomenal. Oh my and, God. And I love that it really reminds me of um of my legal 500 review that I got recently because all I see in this was it started off rough. Um <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Let's hope people keep reading. Honestly, um, that's uh, that's superb. But it I? is absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. Um what a gorgeous man. Yeah, that's oh. Can you can you write poetry to that standard well? I can't. Oh. I can't. And you know what? You know what? I've just, I've just remembered. Basically, Key, I don't know if you've heard this. I think I sent it to you. A listener, I am devastated right now that I can't remember their username, but I will find them. They wrote us a jingle for the podcast. Okay. 
in the style of Frasier's, you know, all you gotta do is ass, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's incredible. And I found it and I shared it around and I said I was going to put it in one of the episodes. And the episode that I said I was going to put it in on air, I didn't end up doing via editing. It's going to be this one because you're okay. back. Um, I'm going to put it in. So yeah. make sure you listen to this. I would definitely give it a listen. I've not heard it. so And it's it's incredible. Um, and there we go. So that's going to be exciting. Yeah. Uh, next time we will be back and I have it on good authority that yourself, Key, will be joining me yes. for, for this review. It will be season five. Desperately seeking closure. The uh, the double bill ends to the Fraser Sam saga. There we go. Very exciting. Uh, very exciting indeed. But other than that, I've been Will. I've been Key. Yes, you have. Thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Oh my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegs. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs.